if I'm creating great music and you're creating great music, then, you know, we're, we're going to have a different audience anyway. And, you know, the people that I can't make happy, you can make happy. And therefore, everybody wins. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we speak truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and I'm so glad you're able to join us. Our next guest has songwriting credits going back for 20 years with bands and as a solo artist. These days, he's a mental health advocate for recording artists and hungers to help songwriters get out of their own way and get more into their music. Ladies and gentlemen, the CEO of StrongWriting.net, Avendur. Carlson. And this is his revelation. How are you doing, sir? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I cannot complain whatsoever. Uh, so I'm glad that you joined us here on Revelations. And here is how we do it. Now, we, then this is your first time here, and we like to get to know our guests. So how we do that, we want to open the way for everybody to get to know you. Now, with Open the Way, conversation starts when vulnerability enters the room. Now, you come uh, you come all the way from Iceland. So how would you describe the island that is near what people would term Scandinavia or Greenland? Uh, how would I describe the, the island? Yes. So you, you cut out a little bit for me. Okay. Um, well, it's wet. Uh it's um uh it it gets uh it it gets cold but it's not as cold as people think um mm. it's got a very unique landscape uh some people describe it as you know like being on the moon uh, uh so yeah very unique rock formations and stuff like that for, i mean for me it's most it's it's safe it's a great place to have a family mm -hmm. and it's um it's you know there's there aren't there aren't great extremes you know it's not extremely cold and it's not extremely hot 
well, it's not hot at all, but, uh, you know, but we never get, you know, crazy cold. We never get a lot of heat. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of middle of the road like that. And also in terms of culture, I think, because I find that, you know, we're geographically, we're sort of in the middle between Europe and North America. And I find that culturally we are a little bit as well. Uh, I think you'll find that Iceland is a lot culturally, a lot closer to, uh, you know, North American culture than say Denmark or Norway. So yeah, that's how I would describe it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is one of the things that took me aback when I got a chance to study on the area. Now you grew up in the capital of the country, Reykjavik. So how was it like growing up there? Growing up? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was a lot different than what it is today, obviously. Uh, I'm very old. Uh, but it was, again, you know, it was so... It, it was almost like a small town back then, you know. And um, me and my friends used to just roam the streets and do whatever and uh i suppose kids do that a little bit now as well uh, well they do that now as well because it, you know again it is pretty safe but you know back then it, it was there were <laughs> there were construction sites everywhere around my neighborhood and we used to play in those which i, I would i would lose lose it if my kids were playing in <laughs> those situations it was extremely dangerous uh but we used to do it and um you know, and so it, it was good in that respect. Um, there wasn't as much uh, affluence in in Iceland back then as there is now. Uh, Iceland is a, a pretty wealthy country, uh, but it didn't feel like that back then. And I don't think it was as as rich back then as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so it had it had a a small town feel to it. I think back then much more than it does now. Um, but it was also, I th- I'm very fortunate to have grown up here because this is still, but especially back then, um, yeah, yeah. And still there's, there's so much emphasis on arts in school and, and music and, and creativity and things like that. And I think that definitely impacted me for life. And I don't think I would be where I am right now you know, if I had grown up in a place that, that didn't have that. So, so I think that's definitely, uh, uh, something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate, uh, very privileged to have grown up with, with that around me. Okay. All right. So what interests did you have when you were younger besides songwriting or anything dealing with the arts? Could you? I didn't catch the first half of the sentence. Can you yeah. repeat that? What uh, and when you were younger, what interests did you have that didn't involve the arts? It didn't involve the arts. Very few. My uh, my main interest and my whole goal throughout my childhood was to become an actor, because my parents were both actors. Okay. And I kind of. Well, I, I I am an actor now. I I do a lot of acting uh, as well as music, 
and uh, I work in theater a lot doing music and acting. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, let me think. Um, yeah, not a lot. I mean, it was mm-hmm. everything was about uh, was about that 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 sort of stuff. Uh, I got into meditation as a teenager, which was weird. I was a weird kid, and uh, I was into uh, Dungeons and Dragons, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again is a creative thing. So right. um, you know that that it kind of tended to revolve around that, and then you know in, enjoying those things as well, like you know, like every kid, you know, going to the movies and. Uh, listening to music as i grew older and, and stuff like that yeah um so yeah i mean that was that was kind of it you know video games mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that the usual yeah yeah totally totally the usual and so what music were you exposed to in your early years uh so i was I mostly it was what my parents were listening to, mm-hmm. um, especially to begin with, because I wasn't that interested in music as a child. That w- that came later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, so I'd listen to whatever children's records were popular in the day. There was a an Icelandic singer songwriter who's still very. I mean, he's like, you know, you you. You could call him the Icelandic Bob Dylan or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he's been around for, uh, let's see, 40 years, just over mm-hmm. 40 years. And yeah. um, and he was extremely big when I was a kid. So, you know, yeah, so he, he was one of those uh, people. But other than that, uh, and a little bit of uh, old school rap when that was big, like in the early 90s. Um mm-hmm. You know, everybody was exposed to that. It was huge. Ice-T and, and NWA, that sort of stuff. Right. Uh, but uh, other than that, yeah, it was what my parents listened to. So uh, my mom was really into Leonard Cohen and okay. uh, Dr. Hook. And they used to listen to Queen and mm-hmm. Cat Stevens. And... All of these are now my favorite artists, so right. mm-hmm. uh, so that kind of rubbed off. I was never in that uh, that feeling of oh, the music my parents listened to is lame. You know, I I just kind of, I mean, it wasn't that I was, you know, it was it was just always around. I would hear it all the time, and I didn't mind it. It wasn't like my favorite thing. But then as I got older and I started to think about music, then I sort of gravitated towards that. We'll be right back with more Even Der Carlson right after this. There's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Dog, and H. Rap B 
as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where HRAP always predicts... If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God! Live every Monday at 8.30pm Central. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Discouragement. Sorrow. Distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn. But there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get over divorce, where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. Songwriter, recording artist, and entrepreneur, Avender Carlson, joins me on Revelations. He has sufficiently opened the way. And now it is time for us to walk across that bridge to prosperity. Now, here is where... I'm sorry. Here is where we link childhood lessons to adult application. Of course, music is a huge part of your life. And obviously, it, was, it became a huge part of your life even early on. So when did you know being a musical artist and even songwriting were to become your destiny? When did I know that music and songwriting were to become my destiny? Yes, sir. Well, I still don't know that. <laughs> I uh I'm uh I I'm pretty sure I have ADHD, uh although it hasn't been diagnosed. I have a very hard time sticking to any one thing. I do all kinds of things and um you know, uh but I but you know, no. But music is definitely the uh it's been the through line of my life since a teenager for sure mm -hmm. um and i yeah i don't know when i i sort of knew that i could do it professionally i kind of fell into doing it professionally there was a mm -hmm. you know around 20 years ago i was I did uh, music super supervision for a theater show for the first time. Mm -hmm. Not professionally. It was an amateur show, and I was just a member of the cast, and they just said, oh, does anybody want to do the music? And I said, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and around the same time, I was starting to do uh, folk music, and I was starting to play in in pubs and things. And, and 
both of those things were kind of I had no idea what I was doing. I kind of just jumped in feet first said, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. Um, and I was really sort of just getting started. I, I hadn't really sung before. I had been a guitarist in a band or two, but I hadn't um, I hadn't done any singing. And I hadn't done a lot of songwriting, and I certainly hadn't written that kind of that sort of acoustic uh, folk country blues stuff mm-hmm. um, that I was starting to do. And I was, uh, but you know, I just said, "Yeah, let's just do it." And me and my friend, we uh, took a couple of songs that we had written, and we took a lot of covers, and we started playing these bars around town and getting paid. And so all of a sudden, kind of almost, almost by accident, it was just because I saw us like on the internet somewhere, somebody said, Hey, yeah, you know, if you're in a group, you can come and play here. And so we just said, yeah, can we do that? Sure. And, and, um, so I kind of fell into it a little bit. Um, and so that was almost exactly 20 years ago. Um, Mm. and, uh, and it sort of grew from there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I kept writing songs, kept doing it. And I think it just probably, uh, it might've been around. Cause I, at that at a similar time, I started doing stand up comedy and I did that professionally for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, around 2005, probably. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I did both, uh, you know, that was like my thing. I'd, I'd, I'd play uh because i didn't it it was i was doing corporate gigs as a comedian and i would play bars as a musician and um and then eventually i i had i i I had a kid and when you have children it's very hard to do stand-up comedy because it's a huge time commitment you can't just sit at home at night, you have to be out performing. So I kind of, you know, once I, you know, had a family and had commitments, I kind of just, it it became obvious that music was the clear choice for me in terms of creativity, because I could do that at home. I could write songs and practice and rehearse and do all these things without leaving the house. So that's kind of uh, so it, it it wasn't really uh, there wasn't ever a I think uh, a moment where I said oh yeah this is the path it kind of just evolved from you know um, doing it but but I think again because I I'm pretty sure I have uh, ADHD mm-hmm. and I think part of the reason why music has always been there for me is that when compared to some of the other things that I do, it's, it works better for my brain because, you know, I, I also like to write, I've written a couple of novels and, um, and, and stuff like that. Um, and you know, that's, that requires a lot of effort to sit there every day and do it. And it, you know, it takes weeks or months and it's a whole thing. A song is a, a quick thing, especially mm-hmm. for me, because I've been doing it for years. I try to do it, it uh, every day if I if I can. 
and uh, mm-hmm. there are certainly periods of time where I am not able to do that. But I always I always tell everyone who wants to be a songwriter, you know, the you know I I, I mean I teach songwriting, I coach people, stuff like that. Uh, but my biggest tip that I give away for free always then that you don't need any coaching or any online course or anything to uh, to do is just sit down every single day and do it and that way you are going to get better as a songwriter um, and then there are things that you know can speed that process along I certainly have um, you know I've run into a fair my fair share of walls and and had my stumbles and and learned from a lot of mistakes that I've made that you know as a coach I can help people avoid but you know uh, without paying anybody anything just if you want to be a great songwriter just keep doing it write songs and but you know again it's it's uh it's that quick kind of thing i can sit down and i can play my guitar for half an hour and come up with some ideas and then you know i can spend a day or two polishing that and then that's you know at least have a rough idea of how what the song should be like uh, and I'm a big advocate of, of speed writing and, and a lot of things like that. So I think that um, that's probably why songwriting has been as big a part of my life as it has, because it's kind of always there. It doesn't take a lot of preparation to do. It's just, uh, uh, you know, it's a constant companion. You know, if wherever I am, I can be writing lyrics in a notebook or I can be you know, I could be driving and coming up with a melody or I can sit down with a guitar or a piano and I can start playing and come up with something. So, um, you know, I'm a very creative person. I need I, I need to have that. That's like a, a, a compulsion in my life. I need to be creative all the time. Mm-hmm. And songwriting is a very, um, yeah, it's a very natural way to me, for me to communicate and a very uh, a convenient way that that is easy for me to do so i think that's a big part of the re- oh a big reason for that This is Revelations. Alicia. You can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want Mm. and what you're needing from that. Mika. If you're not communicating expectations, you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt. Nicole. A lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together. Ivan. You got to be willing to work through stuff. And from the jump street, y'all done had problems. Maybe you don't need to be working through those. BS3 Network proudly presents Queen 3 and King Podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 Network that has only four words to say to you.
the lunch break with AJ, powered by JME. Live weekdays at noon central. Recording artist, uh, songwriter, uh, even actor, and entrepreneur, Avon Carlson joins me on Revelations. He has opened the way. He's walked across the bridge, and now it is time to get behind the purpose. Now, behind a purpose, this is the reason why we function the way we do. Now, songwriting is a process, and I know this because I actually am a songwriter myself, but I haven't done it in a minute. It involves writing lyrics and writing music as well. So which do you like to do more, or do you like both equally? Uh, for me, they're they're so closely related uh yeah uh, so yeah i'd say both equally because the way i work is i tend to write both at the same time i mean i am a word guy and my ideas usually start with words mm -hmm. so uh uh you know a, a song idea for me tends to be something that um starts as kind of a, a play on words or, or a tw and, and I have a whole uh, method that I teach um, of, of kind of coming up with ideas that, that tends to start with images or words and things like that. Um, so that's kind of where I tend to start from. Mm -hmm. But, um, but then uh, the, the melody comes with it. So uh, the words will kind of suggest some notes. I mean, uh, so it, it kind of all happens at the same time in my normal songwriting process. Then again, uh, um, I, I always switch things up every now and then. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all about kind of, uh, you know, uh, having a different process at different times just to mm -hmm. stay fresh. So sometimes I will actually just write out lyrics without a, a song in mind and then write a song to it. Um, something I've been doing recently is to take some of my old songs and writing new lyrics from scratch to them. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of new for me. And, and I think that's working really well. A uh, big part of the reason why I started doing that was that uh, I wanted to have some songs in Icelandic because I tend to write in English. And so I just took some of my, like some unfinished songs or songs that I hadn't done anything with. And I just wrote new lyrics in Icelandic to them, which is kind of a challenge to myself. And I, I actually recently released an album with, um, it has a few uh, covers in English, but the uh, the originals are all in Icelandic on that album. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of it. But uh, at the same time, when I work in theater, I tend to write to pre-existing lyrics. So at that time, only, I'm only doing music. Mm -hmm. And that's a completely different 
challenge. And yeah. I, I really love doing that as well. So, you know, um, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have a, a, a preference really. I, I love every part of the process. I also recently in the past few years, I've been doing more, I've been sort of, um, experimenting more with the, the arrangements and the studio process. I've, um, I have a pretty great setup now in my home studio, uh, especially in terms of software. So I have all of these virtual instruments that I can use to create, uh, you know, whatever sound I'm after. And, and that's something that I'm really enjoying now is to take these songs and make them sound, you know, amazing to me. I have a kind of an oddball sense of uh of the way things should sound and you know experimenting with what i can do to make this sound this way or that and and all of that stuff that's become a really big part of the process for me now and i was very fortunate uh, i'm now working on a on a, a theater production that i'm acting in and i'm also uh writing and, and producing all the music and for the first time in my theater career, I'm using playback in that show. And so I'm having a lot of fun figuring that out, how to how to make uh, the playback work on stage, which is a completely different thing from recording an album. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's uh, it's all it's, it's all very rewarding every step of the process. And and I think you know, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do just one thing, you know, I wouldn't want mm -hmm. to be just a, a composer for film, I'd love to compose a film score someday, mm -hmm. that would be a dream come true for me. Um, I've never done that. And I, you know, I've, I've done, like, some score for theater, but I've never done it for film. Right. And so that would be that would be lovely. But um you know, but I wouldn't want to like do that. So I wouldn't want to be just a film composer. That wouldn't be for me, I think. Or, or you know, just being a lyricist or whatever. I uh, there are so many different aspects to the whole process that I love to do. That you know, I, I love to switch it up and and do different things at different times. Hmm. Now your your passion is songwriting but it's also mental health as well. So help me out here. What to you is the connection between songwriting and mental health? The connection between that? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, my whole thing is, I mean, um, is, is kind of in a way to, to separate the two, uh, mm -hmm. funnily enough. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I did a whole, I did a, uh, I've done a, I've done talks on this and things, and I did a, a podcast episode as well, which you can find on strongwriting.net. Mm -hmm. um, but, the, but the whole thing for me is uh, that, yes, I mean, songwriting can be very therapeutic, as can any, uh, any art form. Right. But it's, to me, it's, it's a little bit dangerous. It's a slippery slope. 
because um, we've all heard the fallacy that um, artists need to suffer to be creative. Mm. And that's a very dangerous idea. And I fell victim to that in my, uh, you know, earlier years as a songwriter and as a comedian as well. Uh, it was this whole thing, you know, I would, I, I, I was very depressed. I, um, uh, I drank too much. I smoked too much. I ate too much. I didn't take care of myself at all. And I was in a way, uh, subconsciously at least, kind of scared to be happy mm. because I was afraid that, 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 you know, that the songs would, would leave me. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to realize in, in, you know, later in my life is that, um, no, it's not this. Well, in a way it is the pain and suffering that does spark creativity. Right. But it doesn't have to be ongoing. And mm. the you know, first and foremost, an artist needs to give themselves permission to be happy and to heal. Uh but of course, you know, it, I mean uh trauma is experience, and experience is what informs your creativity and and helps you to create something profound. However, I also maintain that empathy is a lot more important than, mm -hmm. you know, actual experience. Because if you have empathy, then you don't have to live those things. You can imagine them. You know, uh, it's you can write a murder mystery without murdering anyone. Right. And you can you can write songs about suffering without actually suffering. And it's true that, you know, pain and conflict is what creates drama. And that's what you want in your songs. But um, you don't have to actually be experiencing it. You can draw on your memory of the things that you've gone through. Or you can, you know, draw, you know, read biographies, uh, listen to interviews and podcasts and, and, you know, other people and draw on their experience. You don't have to invent the wheel and you don't have to go through all those things yourself. So that's one thing I've, I've really, uh, I think it's very important for creatives to understand that it's not necessary to suffer. The other thing, and this is something that, I've been realizing recently, and I'm going to get into uh, some personal uh, personal territory here, okay. um, and I hope you'll forgive me. But uh, so I'm currently going through a divorce. Uh, I separated from my wife a couple of months ago, and it was an incredibly intense period of mourning and pain and. Uh, it was it was just uh, uh, really really traumatic and painful. It was surprising to me. It, it's very amicable. We just kind of grew apart. It's not you know nobody's angry or anything like that. Um, but we've been married for fourteen years together for sixteen, and uh, so big shock, uh, a lot of pain and intense emotions. Now I'm a. Uh, 
I'm a recovering food addict and I quit drinking a couple of years ago. And so fortunately I managed to stay sober and to not start eating uncontrollably, which was, uh, you know, I just kind of the minute this happened, I was like, okay, my number one priority right now is to go through this without numbing myself with food or drink. And I was able to do that. And uh, now I'm in a much better place. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling much happier. And I think and it's been a pretty short uh, process. Obviously, I'm not through it. It's an ongoing thing. But most of my days are good now. And I think uh, it, I, I, I kind of went through it very quickly because I didn't numb myself, because I did nothing to take away the pain. I just sat here with my pain and processed it. It was incredibly difficult. I felt horrible every single day. And, but, you know, but it kind of, I kind of processed these things and I was able to, very quickly start looking at, okay, I mean, yeah, you know, my ex-wife was unhappy. That's why this happened. But also there were things that I was unhappy with. And I was able to start look at the, looking at those things and seeing, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe this is for the best, even though it's hard. But uh, here's my point, though, uh, when it comes to songwriting. I didn't write any songs. I did mm. not sit down and process my pain through music and that's something that i you know i think that that could have been another coping mechanism that maybe you know would have slowed my healing down a little bit i certainly will process this through music at some point but you know when i was going through that tidal wave of hurt and disappointment and uh shock and all of that stuff i think i just needed to live with the pain and not do anything to numb it including writing songs um, so i didn't pick up an instrument for a good month and a half after it happened you know, it, it just, uh, I, it was just sat in its case in my new apartment, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think it's, and again, you know, if if it's between getting drunk or writing a song, then please write a song. It's a lot healthier as uh, far as coping mechanisms go. But I think, at least for me, that can also become unhealthy. So it is kind of a it's a th you need to be careful in, in is what i'm saying i guess you know it's you don't want your art to become an unhealthy crutch for you emotionally you know it's definitely express your feelings in song but don't use music or any kind of creative endeavor to avoid dealing with your emotions
We'll be right back with more Avender Carlson. Steph Curry. Tim Anderson. Jordan Alvarez. And it's caught. Debo Samuel with the catch. Michael Jordan can sense the throw. Just got the king. BS3 Network. The hottest of hot takes. The coldest of cold hard facts. This is Snowman in the Morning with Gold Johnson. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. What do you get when you watch or listen to the Life Happens podcast? Well, I'll let them tell you. Kim and I are both ministers of the gospel, and the Life Happens podcast is a beautiful balance by simply taking our spirituality with real life and merging it together to create a beautiful balance. And that's what we do. BS3 Network proudly presents Life Happens podcast, where Christianity and life intersect live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today. Songwriter, recording artist, and entrepreneur. Avon Derkalsen joins me on Revelations. He's opened the way. He has walked across the bridge. He has given us the reason why he is the way he is. And now it is time to bring it all to light. Now, all of us shine in a unique way, and of course, for you, it's no different. Uh, what is the difference between working the craft of songwriting for yourself and being a coach in supporting others? That's a great question. Um, for me, I mean, songwriting is a pretty solitary thing a lot of the time uh you know sometimes you write with others i've not done a lot of that uh but a little bit um and so it's kind of you know you're sitting there and you're you're doing your thing and you're you know and then hopefully people will like it once you you know um uh, get it out there um and but uh but then you know and then working as a coach and and uh, working with others in that way for me is it's it, it, it i guess it's kind of the means to the same end because the thing is one of the main reasons why i you know do what i do 
is um, and and anything it, it creatively. Uh, well, again, like I said, I have kind of a compulsion to be creative, uh, but then to to share it with the world is, of course, one part of it. And anybody who tells you different is lying. One part of it is just a need for acceptance and recognition. I don't think there's any creative person who doesn't have that need for people to to love them. That's definitely a part of it. Uh, but another thing, this is something that uh, that I really discovered early on, uh, is the the feeling of making people happy. In you know, it's, which is kind of the a flip side. It's this the other side of the same coin. Is that you know you want you want that uh, feedback that people enjoy what you're doing because you want them to be happy. You want to know that you've made somebody happy. And that's why you know comedy was a, a great thing for me and and for so many people because the feeling of making people laugh is uh, just such a wonderful thing because you're making people happy it's like a micro moment of happiness like, uh, uh, you know when people laugh at a joke it's like a micro moment of happiness and for me it's the same thing if i'm on stage playing music and i can see people in the audience really enjoying what they're hearing and you know with you can see it when people are you know, really getting into it, you can see the the enjoyment that they're getting. That to me is a, a priceless feeling. And I always say, you know, you, you say uh, changing the world one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. I always use a similar thing. You know, we, we, we can change the world one song at a time. Right. Uh, because, you know, songs make people happy. And I maintain I'm a very um, optimistic person. I'm not a religious person. I'm not a spiritual person in a, a higher power sense. I'm, my my spirituality is is creativity. Um, but I firmly believe that people are good. There's, you know, evil is uh, to me. It's it's like it's a it's a mental defect. It's not a a force you know it's not something that anybody's born with or whatever it's there's certainly evil out there but it's because of um you know there's something wrong with people um and to me i think that if the more people we can make happy the better place the world is going to be and so if i can uh if i can write a song that will make somebody really happy even if it's just for a little bit, then I've I've made a positive impact in the world. And that's why for me, the reason I wanted to start, you know, to, to create my online course and to start a coaching program and all of that stuff is because the more people that create great music, the better the world's going to be. And I always, I, I never get... Uh, I, I sometimes see people that get into a competitive mode when it comes to art. Uh, I, I used to see it in comedy all the time, and I see it with some musicians as well. And I just never understand it why you'd want to be competitive with something as subjective as art, because it's 
there's there's room for everybody. Not there's nobody is to everybody everyone's liking. Uh, if and if if I'm creating great music and you're creating great music, then you know we're we're gonna have a different audience anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know the people that I can't make happy, you can make happy, and therefore everybody wins. So uh, for me, it's always been about community as as musicians. I I, I have I, you know I'm a member of different communities of of artists and. It's the greatest feeling getting to know people who do different things than me and people who are great at certain things that I'm not good at and and to get to know these people, possibly collaborate with them uh, and now, you know, to, to meet people and to help them get better and write more songs, better songs. That to me is just a way of you know like like you're doing with your show you're changing the world one conversation at a time and i hope that i can change the world you know one song at a time one collaborator at a time one student mm-hmm. at a time and that's that to me is is you know all we can do i mean there's a lot of things that we can get hung up on in the world that's wrong with the world and and i certainly um uh, you know, I'm a political person and I pay attention to all of those things. And but there's only so much that you can do as a citizen of the world, as a voter or whatever. There's only so much you can do. But, you know, if you can look at the world and say, OK, what what's one small thing that I can do to change however little, you know, then then that's what you should do. And for me that's you know making making people's lives just a little bit better by you know singing them songs telling them stories that's what i can do and i can help others to do that as well and hopefully that will make my impact that much bigger mm. Mm. yeah so that's why strongwriting.net and the strong writing podcast exists okay gotcha okay all right. So what is the blank page syndrome and how can you overcome it? So the blank page syndrome is the uh, the bane of every writer's existence, whether, you know, songwriter or creative writer. Mm-hmm. It's the overwhelming feeling of staring at a blank page and feeling stressed because you don't know what to put on it. It's, it's, it's another word for writer's block basically, but it it is uh, so much more prevalent when you're looking at an empty page and um, what you can do to overcome it is to have a system so that you're never staring at an empty page. So that's what I do and that's what I teach is you know I'll I'll start by going through systematically through exercises um, and I have a bunch of different ones but you know essentially it's you know you start by uh, you know free association writing down words writing down imagery any sort of random idea and just writing them down really quickly not thinking too hard about it just getting a bunch of different things down on the page 
without censoring yourself, without, you know, uh, uh, again, without thinking too much about it. And um, and then I go into, you know, music and, and doing all different things. And essentially, then uh, I'm never stuck staring at an empty page because I have all of these things and I'll only use maybe five percent of what i write down or whatever but you know it's it's all there and i can you know take him and feel you know what feels right what can i use and and that's that gets me started writing the song and it so it gets me started a lot faster and it gets rid of that anxiety of the blank page Songwriter, recording artist, entrepreneur, and, of course, songwriting coach, Avon Der Carlson joins me on Revelations. And now it is time to do what I always do with every guest here. And that is in the Ode of De La Soul, we're going plug tuning. And that is basically when you have the guest plug or promote anything and everything to his heart's desire. So with that being said, Avon Der the floor is yours. By the way, props on pronouncing my name. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's not an easy name. Uh, there, um, <laughs> there are more people that speak Klingon than Icelandic in the world. So, wow. So well done. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say if anybody, you know, out there is a songwriter, um, there, there, there are different things that, tend to hold us back as songwriters and we're not always aware of them. So uh, I encourage every songwriter of any level of experience or ability to go to my website, strongwriting.net. And there's a quiz there that will shed light on whatever's holding you back uh, from progressing as a songwriter. So, uh, and that's just a free thing. You can you get some uh, great insights there and, um, and of course, if you want to, you know, I have a, a, a podcast uh, and, and uh, you know, a coaching program and a course and things. So if you want to get in touch with me or check any of that out, go to strongwriting.net. And uh, if you want to check out my music, you can go to my music website, which is at onebadday.is. That's onebadday, all one word. Dot is and there you can check out some of my songs for free and, and uh, you know uh, through those things you'll also find all of my social media you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook and uh, you can follow me on Twitter but I don't do much there but <laughs> uh, so yeah so that's where you'll you'll find me uh, so it's strongwriting.net and one bad day dot is all right. Well, we will definitely have all that information in show notes as well, so you'll be able to contact it even easier. Songwriter, entrepreneur, recording artist, Avendur Carlson, thank you so much for joining me on Revelation, sir. Oh, 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 oh,
music not only has the power to move, but also remove. It has the power to move your body and the power to remove your worries and concerns. But the process sometimes can be stressful. All you need is that one word or the right melody to send you on your way to create nirvana. It doesn't always come, but when it does, that moment is special. The Bible says, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. This particular singer-songwriter feels the need to change the world with not only his songs, but his approach and process. Music to Avender has moved him to action and removed all doubt in his life. He hopes his students feel the exact same way. Many thanks to Avon Dedekalison for giving us his perspective on life and on songwriting. And why don't you join us every Tuesday on YouTube, where you will see a different person being interviewed by yours truly each week. For changing the world one conversation at a time, I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. for tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to Acast and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Inspired.